The word was up there just a minute ago is eternal life. I was trying to think of what to preach because if you haven't ever preached before, your first time you want to preach the whole Bible. You're like, spirit, grace, faith, love, happiness, discipleship. And you can't pick anything because you just want it all to go out there because you want to prove that you can preach it all. And so Gabe's like, yeah, usually we give him a topic, but we're not going to give you one because I just finished a series. So it's pretty much open. I was like, can't you just give me something to work with? So anyways, I've been hard in the word lately. And and the word that God just kept bringing to my mind was eternal life. It's by far the most exciting thing to me in the world. It's eternal life. It's life forever. With I mean, it's eternal life. And if you ever hang out with me or go to my MyPod or hear me pray, you'll hear me talk about that over and over and over again above every other thing that we could ever have. And I was like, well, if that's kind of been the story of my life, then I guess I'll preach on it. And so, if you have your Bible with you, we're going to go ahead and turn to John 6, 22 through 29. This is the parable, not the parable, this is where Jesus just fed the 5,000. He feeds them and then he leaves. And so they find out that he left and they go and chase him down and this is kind of what, what he says. Um, the next day the crowd stayed on the far shore that the disciples had, they, the, they saw that the disciples had taken the only boat. They realized that Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be concerned about the perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval." And then we're going to catch back up in uh, verse 66. They had just gone through some hard times. Jesus was telling them, you have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. And it was just really confusing. And a lot of the disciples left. And so at this point, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and said, are you also going to leave? And Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? For you have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Amen, right? So, it's all about eternal life. Everything that's ever has been done or will be done for any religion, including Christianity, is all about eternal life. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, that none should perish, but all should have eternal life. It doesn't say all should have a car. It doesn't say all should have money. It doesn't say all should have spiritual gifts. It says all should have eternal life. Every other thing that was made and created is only a sign of the eternal life. Every healing is like a little sign of what heaven's going to be like. Every, every single thing that you can imagine that was created is for eternal life. Because guess what? We're all going to die, and none of it's going to matter anyway if we healed people or if we prophesied or whatever, because we're going to have perfect bodies in heaven where we don't have to deal with sin. You know what I'm saying? So, so it really is all about eternal life. And right now I'm going to go through a little rundown of eternal life for those of you that might not be Christian or you might not really know that much about eternal life um, and kind of of how it works. So I just said John 3.16. And um, one of the interesting things about eternal life is that God has placed eternity in our hearts. It's not like, like some people try to act like when you die nothing happens. 
But almost everybody thinks that something's going to happen. Whether you deny it, whether you think you're going to come back as a toad, whatever it is, it's like there's more to life than this. And people can deny it their whole entire life, but you wait till they're on their deathbed, and they're like, give me a priest. Somebody pray for me. I'm about to die, and I don't know what's going to happen. Because they know that something else is there because it's in our hearts. And the only people that will deny that are people that are like in some kind of demonic cult or that are just so blinded and have hardened their heart their whole entire life that they really just can't see it, you know. And in the Bible, it talks about he gives people over, like Elena talked about earlier. You know, if you, if you constantly deny him, then he's going to give you over to your desires. And so eternity is in the heart. You're going to meet the Maker. And we all know this. And hopefully, since we're all in church, you know what I'm saying, we, we've took a step in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm definitely going to live for eternity, and I hope all of you will be there with me in glory. So, yeah, there's tons of options. You got, you got Muhammad, you got Buddha, you got... Okay, that's really all I know. I don't really dabble in other religions. It's, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I don't really plan on having to know everything about them because I have Jesus in my life. So anyways, there's tons of options. You can make up a cult. Flying Spaghetti Monster. I don't even know what that is, but I know it's a religion that somebody made up just because they're like, religions are easy to make up. You convince people that, that something's on the other side and they'll do anything. And there's tons of cults. There's, there's so much things. But i got to say this. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. He is the only way to eternal life. In John 14.6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes except through me. And that's not some sort of like elimination thing. Like the other religions aren't good enough or you can't try hard enough. That's saying He said that because He's the one who died for us. He lived a perfect life and died a death for us. You know what I'm saying? Like if, I mean, I don't even understand why we have to even talk about this these days. <laughs> because it's, everything else is just such a joke whenever you know whenever you've met Him, whenever you've tasted the Spirit and you know that He is real. It's a big deal. So, He is the only way. He is the only one who died. And so, okay, say if I convince somebody who didn't believe that, or if you don't believe me right now that Jesus is, what's the proof? You know, can any other religion prove that they go into eternal life? You know, like, oh, look at the tree. That used to be Bob. See? It's eternal life. You can't do it. There's no way to prove it. Except we have the Spirit of God. Ephesians 1.14 says, The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised us because He purchased us to be His own people. Right. It's the guarantee. If you have ever encountered the Spirit of the living God, you know that it's real. And you know that you will be in heaven with Him. Talking about Cameron over here. Two weeks after camp, he's, I even forgot what he was doing, but the Spirit of the Lord said, Cameron. And from that instant, he's like, dude, this is real. No meditation is going to get me to the spot where God starts talking to me. No reading any other weird books or throwing some weird dice is going to get me here because this spirit is the guarantee. Every other religion is like, well, I hope. Well, I think we're going to make it. You know what I mean? I don't think. I, there's, no, there's no option for me. The spirit is living in me, and it says, I have given you eternal life. It started whenever I got saved. And I'm, I'm so sold out for it, it's, it's ridiculous. And I know a lot of you in here are too, and that's awesome. Totally awesome, because you're going to live forever with Jesus. That's why He came. Amen. So, that's basically the basics of eternity. I just wanted to get that out of the way, so that we all know that <laughs> Jesus is the only way, eternity is in our hearts, 
and the Spirit is the guarantee. If you were skeptical, come here later. We'll get you in touch with the Spirit. We will pray for you. And you will know once and for all that Jesus is the only way to eternity. And it's not a joke and it's not really something to be taken lightly. But back to the Scriptures that I was reading about earlier. This is uh, I've actually spoke this like three or four different times, and every time it was a totally different message. It's, it's actually really crazy. And so I'm picking up in 26 where Jesus says, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about the perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that man can give you. For God the Father has given me his seal of approval. So what we're shown here by Jesus is a picture of people battling with the temporal and the physical versus the spiritual and the eternal. The people came across this thing and they're like, Jesus, dude, when did you get here? They're trying to act like they're all cool, you know, like, what's up, man, what are you doing? He's like, no, you came here because I fed you and you're hungry again. You know what I mean? And they came all the way across this, this lake and there was a storm and so they tried to be all cool about it, like, what's going on? How you, how you feeling? You making any more food? I got... I got some loaves here. He's like, no, I know what you're up to. You've seen the temporal. You've seen the physical. You have a full belly, and it got empty again, and so now you want to fill it again. But what you don't realize is that miracle is a little bitty picture of eternal life, where there's always going to be enough, where no one's ever going to be hungry. You know what I'm saying? And so he's like, what are you even doing? And it's really easy for us. We live in the natural. I mean... We live in this body that we can touch. We eat food, we spend money, we drive cars, we live in houses, and we go to church. It makes it really, really easy to focus on those things. Whenever, whenever you get healed in your body, it's like, dude, that's amazing. Obviously, nothing's wrong with healing. Whenever God blesses you with a new car, blesses you with a house, helps your friend out, it's like, dude, these are really awesome things. But we can't get caught up in them. Because like I said earlier, none of it really matters. And... The thing about it is, is that whenever you seek blessings instead of the blesser, or you seek creation instead of the creator, or the gifts instead of the giver, you miss it. You miss, the re- you miss eternal life, which is the reason that Jesus came in the first place. And all those other things are great, and they're awesome, but they're not the foundation. And if you put your foundation upon those, you will crumble, and you'll probably bring other people down with you. And... And you, you become a feel-good Christian whose faith is ultimately a fad. It's something that felt good. It's something that looked good. It's something that, oh, you know what, I got healed, so then I followed it for a little while, and then I got sick again from the same illness, and so it must have been fake. Or if you go bankrupt, or whatever happens, you lose your faith because you weren't built on the eternal rock that is Christ. And so, one of my passions is to to have friends and people and disciples that are unshakable, that are immovable, that are immobile on the firm foundation that we stand on. Because, you know, I'm not going to lie, we seek a lot of the gifts and a lot of the, you know, all the good things that add to eternal life. And I just really see some people take off and run with them and see those same people just decide one day, I'm not going to follow God anymore. You know, and it's not like, you know, they left our church, but it's like they quit the faith. And they were there, they tasted it, they've seen it, all of the goodness that there has been, blessings and everything, but they're not on the firm foundation that is eternal life that they were after, but instead they were after the blessings or the glory or because the people that were doing it were cool. 
And then whenever life gets hard, they're like, whoa, 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 I didn't sign up for this. I'm going to go do something else with my life. This, this kind of reminded me um, how, how eternal life is, is our rock. It's what we do, not, not all the other things that go along with it as far as blessings and whatnot. One good, good example of this is the slaves. Obviously, they were an oppressed people. They were stuck working for no money, and if they ran away, they would die because they would get shot or attacked. They came up with a song that goes, I'll fly away, oh glory. You guys know that song? Who's heard that song? Anybody heard it? That's what I'm talking about. But it's, it's the idea of eternal life that makes a slave who's bound in chains, digging a ditch all day long, sing a song like, I'll fly away. You know what I'm saying? And that really excites me because it's like, no matter what happens in this life, I guarantee you I'm probably going to be better off than those guys were. You know what I'm saying? And, and I look forward to that eternity, and so do you. And it, it kind of it makes me wonder what all people would go through and still cling to their eternity and still sing about it. Like the disciples, most of them were crucified, some of them were boiled in water. Paul was singing the whole time he was in prison, singing and preaching. How many of us will go to prison and be like, it's over, God didn't bless me, he stuck me in this prison, whatever, I'm done. How many? Joking. All of you guys will be singing it too with me. But it's like, if you hold on to that rock, nothing else matters. You can't stop it. The worst thing you can do is kill me, and even then, I win. You know what I'm saying? So when you build on this rock, you cannot be broken. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's, I, I just, I get so excited about this. I just want to keep on preaching forever, but. Read, I love you. So then these people, much like you guys, are like, okay, we agree with this. They're like, okay, eternal life is cool. We'll, we'll wait on the food. We'll go ahead and have the eternal life that you offer. So then they say, um, spend, Jesus says, Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me his seal of approval. So they reply, We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus tells them, This is the only work that God wants from you. Believe in the one that he has sent. That's the only work. I was like, when I read that, I'm like, well, that's pretty easy. Just sit there, I believe. However, not quite that simple whenever you break it down and read the rest of the Bible because belief leads to faith. And if anybody's ever read the book of James, faith is dead without actions. And those actions are the work of Christ. And so the only work is the belief. So actually, the belief itself is a work. And it's kind of like something I feel like a college graduate should be teaching. But anyways, in order to believe, you have to work. And so, I'm thinking, work? Most of us don't really like to work. I mean, I kind of do. That's what I do. But I know a lot of people, when I ask them to help, they're like, "Eh, i got to check my Facebook. Now I'm going to be like, no Facebook! Thanks to Andrew. And so, I'm like, it's a work? You know I personally only like work that I enjoy. I don't like to work just for the sake of work. And so it is a work doing, doing the things that God would have you do. But if you read Matthew 11.30, he says, For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. See, when you're working for the kingdom, you can do anything you want to do. You can not, I'm not talking like when your parents say that, like they give you this like thing of hope, like you can do anything you want to do. But in the kingdom, you can do anything you want to do. I could sign up for PowerPoint, I could go up there and do that. Or I could tell somebody I'm going to sweep the, the, the 
What do you sweep? Everything. I'm going to sweep everything. I could say that and feel like I'm doing the work of the Lord. Or I could, you know, there's a million things. I could go try to do some secretary work and feel like I'm doing the work of the Lord. And I promise you, that would be work to me. That would be hard work and I would hate every second of it because I cannot sit in a desk. And each and every one of you have some kind of work that you can do that could be easy. And the thing about it is, if you read it closely, it says, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light. The burden that Christ gives you. So, even though you can do anything and everything you want to within the kingdom as far as work, there's some things that you are set apart for, and dare I say, even anointed for. Because I promise you, I cannot go sit at a desk and do paperwork all day. I would die. And I bet whoever does that job probably wouldn't like to build stuff like these boxes up here or all the junk that we do at camp with a shovel for like eight hours a day. That's why, by the way, that's why they like say like, oh, he does all that stuff. So I'll do it some more, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm the only one. But I will because it's, it's easy for me because that's what Jesus gave me, just like it says in here. So the burden that I give you is light. I just love that because it's all about the mindset. That doesn't mean that whenever you're working for the kingdom, it's going to be easy. Like if, if for the kingdom, if, if I feel like Jesus is telling me to lift logs, that doesn't mean I'm just like, Logs. Logs. He's going to supernaturally empower me to lift logs, but it means that the mindset is light. I can work all day long as hard as I can and get back and still play games and have fun. And people say, how do you do that? I couldn't do that. And I say, it's easy. It's light. It's what I'm supposed to do. Like Gabriel preaches up here every single time. This took me so long to do. If I did this every week, I would be done for because it's not, it's not my burden to carry. You know what I mean? It's cool if I do it once or twice, but, but whenever you find out what you are actually made to do, it becomes easy. Amen. And that doesn't mean that, that everything is going to be easy all the time just because you think God said to do it because communication is not always that clear. I've done thing, a ton of things that I thought I was supposed to do, but it turned out wasn't supposed to do. I learned from it, and I go back, and I go again. And so... Um, I'm not saying, you know, figure out what you think God's telling you to do and your burden will be light. But as you figure it out, it will become easier and easier and easier. If you've ever seen a man who is a professional or a woman at their job, they make tons of money, they look good doing it, they have fun, and they encourage other people. You know what I'm saying? So I encourage you to look for things within wherever it is you want to serve, in church, out of church, in your neighborhood, whatever. You're a minister wherever you go. But as you do this work, as we were talking about, to get eternal life or to spread eternal life, if you already have it, your works are no longer to get it, but it's to keep the eternal life that you already have. Don't be a dummy and do something stupid, with you know. But to share it with other people. That's the point of the Spirit. That's the point of the Word. That's the point of any kind of miracles. That's the point of words of knowledge and wisdom. It's so that you can take that eternal life that you know, that you've been given so graciously, and transfer it to other people. That's what, that's what this whole entire series that Gabriel has been talking about is. Is the reasonable life. Is that you take this eternal life that it's that Jesus came for, and then you use all the extra things that come along with the Spirit and that come along with His Word and that come along with fellowship with others, and you share it with other people. Because really the only thing that's going to last is human souls. You know, I think we all know this, that that's the only thing you're going to take with you. And every single soul is eternal. Where they're going to spend eternity is up to you and them. Because 
what does Paul say? How will they know if they haven't heard? And how will they hear if someone hasn't been sent? You guys are all the ones that are sent. Once you get the eternal life and the Spirit up in you, then you are officially sent by God to go wherever it is that you have influence, wherever it is that your work is light. You, it's up to you to find that and then share Christ with those people so that they might inherit the eternal life that you have inherited so graciously. Man, I blew through my notes in like 10 minutes. I'm almost done. Um, So, one thing that kind of caught me, I've kind of already said this, I've been kind of all over the place in my notes, is, is if you come up and if you base your faith or your religion or whatever it is on anything but the eternal life, it'll catch up with you. We've seen, there's tons of different preachers and pastors who, who for whatever reason fell away from the faith and they brought down who knows how many people with them. And that works the same with you. If you claim like a Christian or if you know Christ and you have friends, you're automatically a leader. That's all there is to it. Because like I said earlier, there's one way to eternal life and that's through Christ and He lives in you. And so you're automatically a leader and people are following you. And if you're not built on that firm foundation and things start to go south, and then you take all those people with you. And that's not something to be taken lightly, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I guess one of the reasons that I really wanted to preach this message is because I want us all to be centered on the eternal life and the eternal goal because if you, if you try to branch out from anything other than that, it's all downhill from there. And you might get up really high and you might do really good and you might look really good and you might even have a good-looking boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, but at some point in your life, things aren't going to go as perfectly as you had once planned. And one of the devil's favorite things is to trick you and lie to you and make you think things are going great until you're at the very tippity-top where it's going to hurt the most when you fall, and then he takes you down. And luckily you have brothers and sisters like us to help lift you back up. Um, but hopefully we'll never have to go down that road in the first place. Um, so now's my closer. I don't know if uh, the worship team wants to come up. You can. Why did you laugh? Do I have a booger in my nose? Don't be hating. So, I mean, it's a, today is a really simple message. I just hope you guys are encouraged, and I hope you're just kind of reminded. Like Paul said, he's like, I know you know these things, but it's always good to tell you again, just to remind you of them. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't expect you guys to be like, what? Eternal life? No way! But I just, I just really hope you guys are encouraged by it. And so, you must be rooted in Christ and what He has to offer. If you're not, then he is just a magician or a prophet or a great historical figure and not your Savior. Savior is what it's all about. The whole reason of everything that's ever happened is so that you, a fallen person who has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, can be saved and have eternal life through grace. And if that's not amazing, you know what I'm saying, then I don't really know what is. And so, John 6.66, this is after... This is right after the scene that we talked about earlier where Jesus said, you want me because, because you're hungry. You should look for eternal life. So then they start talking about hunger and the bread of life. And he's like, well, I am the bread of life. And they're like, well, no, Moses gave bread. And he was like, no, that was God that gave the bread. But he continues and God ends up saying, or Jesus ends up saying, 
eat my flesh and drink my blood if you want to live. You have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the disciples are all like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. We're going to split. And so it goes, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter says, Lord, Lord, to whom would we go? For you have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. See, these disciples couldn't be shaken. They knew. They knew that He was the Holy One of God. They said, where else do we go? What else is there in this life? There's nothing else that we would rather do than seek You because we know You give eternal life. Everything else is in vain. Who's ever read the book of Ecclesiastes? He makes some really depressing comments. He's like, everything is in vain. I had searched for wisdom and it was in vain. And I searched for riches and they were in vain. And I tried love and it was worthless. And the whole point of it is that it all goes away. Everything is going to burn. And the only thing that matters is eternal life. And we all have it, I hope. If you don't have it, come talk to me right here. We'll get you hooked up. But it's our job. Once we're built on that rock where we cannot be shaken just like the disciples who were crucified and boiled in oil and stoned to death. They, they never were shaken. And so I just, I just hope this kind of, I don't know, just makes you think about it a little bit. Kind of changes your perspective on what you seek and what you share with others. And just how you go about your life because if you can't deal with the basics of the faith, there's no point in seeking anything else. Because you're going to train wreck it, and then whoever, whoever you're associated with is probably going to be pretty bummed about it. And whoever you had influence over is going to be like, well, that was a big joke. And um, I mean, they say the number one reason for atheists is Christians. That makes me want to cry, honestly. I'm not even joking. But it's because people don't know the foundation of their faith. Therefore, they don't really care about how they live and what they do. They just go to church because it's a cultural thing. Because it says, in God we trust on our quarters, and that's where they see their friends to talk about the football game. That's kind of more of like a southern thing, because I'm from Texas. I don't really know why everybody pins up here. But I just, uh, I guess I'm just going to go ahead and close and pray. I hope you guys were encouraged, kind of reminded. And, and um, yeah, eternal life, it's, it's a good thing. So, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for today, Father.